Yo, what's good, Case family? It's your host, Christian McDonald, and I'm here with my brother, Royce Griffin. Yo, what's up, Case? What's up, Chris? You are listening to Case Underground. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started, we want to make sure you're following us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All the same handle at Mizzou Case. Yo, Christian, I was reading up on your story about uh, knowledge as wealth. You mind telling the audience a little bit more about that? Man, I would love to elaborate on my story on knowledge as wealth. I am very fortunate to be a part of knowledge as wealth. I was able to be a founding member of knowledge as wealth. Uh, knowledge as wealth for the audience that may not be familiar with it is a group of students that came together uh, to empower each other in various communities on Mizzou's campus. Um, so the story does a deeper dive of knowledge as wealth, kind of the origins, how it was created, um, kind of. Uh, highlight Zeff, uh, the founder, the president of Knowledge as Wealth, and his vision for uh, the program and the organization, and also kind of just has a futuristic type of feel in the story as far as uh, Knowledge as Wealth having its own storefront, uh, its different releases for different t-shirts, what it's been able to do uh, with this connection to Zeus Soul. So really dope piece. I like it, but I wrote it. So of course I like it, Royce. If you haven't heard already, Chris, there's two new profile stories out there. Uh, one's about our very own Janae Taylor. And for those who don't know Janae, um, she's a case OG. She was here when Christian was fired. She uh, has a full-time marketing job lined up when she graduates at LID. So, I mean, when she graduates, he's set. She credits Case for setting up her success. She also kicked off the Faces of Case series by sharing her story on our very first episode. Check it out, guys. When Royce uh, found out I got fired, I guess that's the backbone of every podcast now. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't let you forget that. Like, how could you let that happen? That's... <laughs> the next one is about diversity scholar Raven Smith. She started her own clothing brand named Straight From The Go when she was in high school on the south side of Chicago to combat the stigma around violence in the city. Shout out Raven, man, creating a, a business in high school, man. I wish I was that smart. But Raven now is getting her second degree at MU and has launched the new Go Como collection of Straight From The Go right here at a very own Mizzou story. You can check out Janae and Raven stories at case.missouri.edu. Today marks the start of our brand new series, Lower Case. This new series will highlight the accomplishments and successes of minority freshmen and sophomore students here at Mizzou. But before we start Lower the Case, we definitely want to pay tribute to Mrs. Fallon Smith Christopher. Uh, super sad. Shout out Fallon, man. Shout yeah. out Fallon. Fallon has been such a fearless leader uh, for Case. Uh, she would not be replaced. Um, there's nobody that I've met like Fallon as far as her dedication, how articulate that she is, um, how she's able to manage a lot of different things and be excellent in everything that she is working towards or working for. Uh, so we wanted to take uh, the time out today to talk more about Fallon, uh, what she's meant to us, what it's going to look like without her being here, because, I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Uh, that's the elephant in the case building, the case office, I would say. Uh, so, Royce, you know, how has Fallon impacted you even though you only knew her for a few months. I mean, even, you know, with me knowing her for a few months, I've built a strong relationship with her, and I feel like I've known her more than a, just a few months. Um, she's guided me. She's kind of helped me kind of find my voice on this podcast, uh, try to uh, find out who Royce is and what his voice sounds like. And I, I remember getting injured when I first got injured. She was, like, one of the first people to, like, call me. She was taking care of me, like, with uh, food and things of that nature. And, like, I thought that was really, like, really nice, really considerate. Like, her going out her way just to take care of me. And I, I really appreciate it. I'm really going to miss her. And I know that as well as the rest of the team. What about you, Chris? Are you tearing up, bro? No, man. I'm just uh, <laughs> a little shaking. The boy, my boy's a little shaking. Uh, but now, nah, man, I'm going to miss a lot of things about Fallon. Um, like I said, just her caring heart. You know, Fallon kind of comes off tough, but she's just a big old softy. And I say that with all due respect as far as just her heart. Uh, she has such, you know, one of the bigger hearts that I know. 
she cares about everything. If you if you open up, you you tell her that hey, in ninth grade that you scraped your knee on the concrete, she's going to start crying. You know that's how much she cares. I mean, once you were in her end, uh, you were in. And uh, I'm just going to just miss her presence. You know, even though she wasn't here physically, um, you felt Fallon virtually. You know, and uh, man, you you really did feel her. So uh, you know, I I just it, it's sad. I kind of say we we lost our LeBron. Chris, you've known her for like what almost four years now, and like how has she helped you develop like in your professional life? Like you were at KMU. I know she's seen your your reels, your an- your anchoring uh segments. Like how has she helped you with that? Man, Fallon has really been the only professional I've had here at Mizzou, I guess, or faculty member technically that has really invested their time to help me. Um, she's been the only one who's ever asked to watch my reels. Who's taking out time to see what you know I'm working towards um, in my career, even if I don't take the sports broadcasting route. You know, she really was just invested in okay, how I, how am I as a writer? How am I as far as how I articulate and you know how do I sound in this podcast? You know, transitioning to you know the television. Okay, what is you know the ter- terminologies, the various terminologies that we use at the TV station that only you know people that would be on TV would understand. You know, helping me develop with that, you know. And so Fallon was the only one who took out time to care. So the biggest thing was just care. Knowing somebody that was in your corner that that really cared about what you were doing. And also, man, she just so – you're talking about a three-time Emmy Award winning, uh, um, you know, reporter, whatever she was on TV. I think it was a reporter. I know she did a lot of different jobs. So I don't know where her Emmys came in. But I know it, it comes within the television uh, uh, sector. So, um, man, it just it was just it was just awesome to have, have a Fallon around. Man, so the question that everyone on the podcast team – well, everyone – Case is asking is, um, how do you think the podcast is going to run without the head hunch? Well, it won't be the same. Uh, like you said, we lost all LeBron, and uh, I guess we're D-Wade and Chris Bosh. You know, it's going to be a lot of hard, uh, uh, you know, hard times as far as transitioning. Going to be some lumps. We're going to have to learn. I think everyone has, has, has everyone is going to have to raise their level of play. Um, I guess we're taking the basketball terminology. Everyone has going to do better. Everyone has had to step up, uh, communicate better, and um, just be honest with each other. So, I think it's going to be great. How you feeling about it, Royce? Man, I just feel like um, this transition, it has to be smooth, man. I mean, I, I just hope that Megan Sylvie, you know, she kind of pick up pick up where she's left off. I'm hoping for Megan to have that same impact on me and just help me get better as a journalist, a podcaster. So the student that we're bringing in today had to be the first person to bring in to kick off this exciting, fresh new series. Shout out Royce for the name idea. Super dope. We're excited today to, to be bringing in a fellow diversity scholar, Caleb Anderson. If the audience didn't know, Caleb is responsible for recording film for the Mizzou football team. Me, personally, I've known Caleb since coming to Mizzou. We were roommates our uh, freshman year. And Caleb is kind of a goofball, man, if you just see him. I mean, but he, he's my guy. And just just from seeing what he was accomplishing in high school and what the things he was doing freshman year at um, Friday Night Fever and things of that nature, I, I just knew he was destined for great things here. So with that said, I can't wait for you listeners to hear more about Caleb. Let's get into it. It's now time to welcome DC native, diversity scholar, our good friend Caleb Anderson. Anderson is a sophomore here at Mizzou, majoring in journalism. Uh, welcome to Case Underground, Caleb. Thank What's you good? for having me. I'm excited to be here, man. <laughs> man, Caleb, it's, it's good to have you, man. For real. Uh, before we get started, are you really from D.C.? Like, where, where specifically are you from? Washington, I'm from DC? Northwest D.C. at Tacoma Park. Yeah. So is that like the safe part? You look like you come from the safe part of... Uh... I mean, yeah. It is, <laughs> it is more safe than southeast and northeast part of D.C., but yeah. Um. Okay. So what is it like growing up in D.C.? It's fun, man. I mean, there's so much to do. It's. it's I feel like it's it, coming out here, a lot of people just think it's just like the Capitol and the White House and just political stuff, but there's so much more to the city. 
Uh, it's, it's just so much fun to be out there. I love my city so much. Okay. Uh, well, shout out DC. Uh, sure, you guys sure. are considered to be the South, right? According to you. Technically, yes, DC would be the South. Um, geographically, we're below the Mason-Dixon line, but we don't. That is the, the silliest thing I've ever. I'm from Mississippi. That's the South. You guys are all the way up north, but DC is somehow south because of the what? The Mason-Dixon line. Right, but I'm most not... people who are from DC are from the South, actually, because the uh, DC was a, a safe haven for runaway slaves. Uh, so naturally, a lot of South people down South would move to DC because it was like a a weird spot because Virginia is right next door, obviously, which is the South and that's yeah. like the Confederate capital. A lot of slaves would move up to DC because it was so close to the South and it was a free territory, I, I guess not a state, but a territory. So does DC have a strong black community? Absolutely. Uh, our nickname used to be the chocolate city. Unfortunately, under over the last <laughs> like 15 or 20 years, it's just been gentrified. Um, so a lot of the black community has taken a hit and a lot of people had to move out to Maryland and Virginia in order to survive. Um, but you know, for now, there still is a pretty strong, predominantly. Uh, it's DC is predominantly black, so it, it it's a strong uh, population. Um, you talk about the re gentrification. Yeah, has that has that impacted your family in any way over the last absolutely. few years? How's that impacted? Absolutely, it? I've had family that had to move out the city to farther out in Maryland and Virginia because they can't afford to live in DC. Um, rent has gone up like exponentially mortgages are crazy like no one can afford to live in the city anymore oh wow so uh yeah it has affected me uh and a lot of my you know my friends and, as well uh, for sure well i mean now i gotta ask why did you what drew you to mizzou all the way from dc i mean y'all got howard right yeah i get that a lot a lot of people say you know why don't you go to howard or you know georgetown university in maryland i just wanted something different uh you know i, I love my city but uh i wanted to explore something different a different uh part of, the, of america and kind of just see how different people's lives are in a different part of the yeah. the, the, the country. Um, and I feel like Mizzou was the perfect place for that. And also, you know, I'm a journalism major as well, and they have one of the top journalism programs in the country. Uh, and they gave me some money, so, you know, I thought I'd come down to Mizzou. Okay, so, like, you just wanted to live amongst Midwesterns for the next four, four to five years of your life, huh? Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, now, what was it like as far as the cultural shock when you first got down here to Mizzou or when you were visiting? Oh, it's huge for sure. Uh, coming from a big city to a, a college town, it, it's a lot smaller, a lot more controlled. Um, the, the types of people here are different as well. Um, just interacting with some people who are from Missouri and Illinois, it, it's a lot different from how people in, in D.C. you know operate and move. Of course, racially, the, the makeup is, is a lot different as well. I'm around predominantly more white people, and I was with more black people uh, in D.C., um, but it's been a fun adjustment, though. I, I've enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed getting to learn about Midwestern culture and, and the people out here, for sure. Yeah, this isn't a question, but this is a statement. I definitely enjoy the cut of a Midwesterner guy compared to, you know, the South or <laughs> D.C., which is not the South. Yeah, thank Or you. definitely not West Coast dudes. I think the cut that we got here in the Midwest is a lot different and a lot better. But, of course, I'm from Kansas City, so what, what do I know? <laughs> so, so, so going back to, like, Mizzou from D from D.C. to Mizzou, what drew you? Like, was that always your first choice? It, it was a top three choice for sure. Uh, just off because of journalism alone. Yeah. I knew that's what I wanted to do with my career. And they always, I've been told by many people back home that this is one of the best programs in the, in the yeah. nation. So I've always had them on my radar. Not number one, but they definitely were always in consideration for sure. Okay. So what was your top three consist of, including Mizzou? It's University of Miami, number one. University of Missouri, number two. And University of Maryland, number three. 
So how it was not even in the conversation. They were top five. I did apply and I got in and they gave me some money, but I just knew, I still once again knew I knew I wanted to get out of D.C. How, how in the heck did Miami become your number one option? I, I know people out there. Um, Who, Drake? To... <laughs> <laughs> Rick Ross? <laughs> uh, Rick Ross is actually from Mississippi. I, yeah, I, yeah. Does that. he live in Mississippi? I mean, no. I see Rick Ross a lot more. Other, a lot. He, he visits Mississippi a lot. No, nope, nobody. It's, 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 it's no. a, literally a day trip. Royce, nobody visits Mississippi. <laughs> but yeah, it, shout, exp- out, shout out Clarksdale. Uh, okay, thank you. Anyways, back to the normal programming. What was the thought process of going to Miami or even applying there? Um, well, I got to work with um, an editor from USA Today, and she went to the University of Miami, and she was telling me a lot about their school, and I looked into it, and I fell in love with the school and the program, what they had to offer. Of course, you can't beat the location. It's one of the best you can get for college. Um, and I got in, um, and I, I did consider them heavily, but it, financially, it made more sense for me to come to Missouri. So you were working with an editor at USA Today in high school? Yes. We'll talk about that. Um, so because, once again, I'm from D.C., it's a one of the biggest you know media markets in, in the country so they have a lot of opportunities for you know young aspiring journalists to you know get involved and, and you know learn things and uh, one of my mentors back home is Debbie Berry uh, she works for USA Today and when I was in high school they said hey we're doing this uh, article on the, the, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen and we need you know kind of like a young voice to kind of provide the different perspective for the article can you write it for us and I was like you know absolutely yeah I'll write it for you um, and that's where I met the, the editor who went to the University of Miami. Is that where your passion for sport, like where did your sports journalism passion come from? Well, I've, I've been a fan of sports since I was I was a kid. Um, but I think it was around eighth or ninth grade when I started to kind of like more seriously look at majors and what I might want to do in college. Um, I knew that I liked sports and I knew a lot about it. And I felt like I was also a pretty good writer as well. So I felt like I could just combine the two and find a career out of it and become a sports journalist. Yeah, so I know I kind of tying it back to Mizzou. Um, I remember meeting you and Royce your freshman year at the Friday Night Fever, yep. which if the audience doesn't know, is kind of something that Kim you puts on to give, right. you know, uh, students opportunity to go out and cover and film and video and write high school football on Friday nights at the TV station. Right. And when I met Royce, I'm like, man, dude, like he like Terrell Owens. And I was like, Caleb is cool, my boy Caleb is cool. And I got a want to be Terrell Owens running his mouth about his latest trip to Las Vegas. Oh, I'm like, oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. I, I went to Las Vegas. I said, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah, I said, like, yeah. If the audience doesn't know, that was one of the funniest days I've ever had on campus. Royce and Chris First were going week. back First and forth for like at least an hour. Yeah, he, it was the funniest thing I ever. Yeah, seen. He, he, was, he thought it was a hot shot and he got humbled a little bit, right? But I put out the Terrell Owens. It ended them, <laughs> but the like yeah, kind of go back to Mizzou. What was it like coming from DC, going to Mizzou, and then having your roommate, somebody that is very similar to you, super funny, super cool. Like most people, especially especially people of our race, we don't have that type of opportunity to have somebody that's like just like that in right. the room with. Right? Yeah. Well, Royce and I, we both unknowingly uh, signed up for a freshman interest group that was for sports journalism. Um, so I think that's how we got paired together as roommates. Um, last year, and I, I, I was nervous because I'd never had a, a you know siblings or anything like that, so I never had to share a, you know space like that. Um, but I think within like the first week, it kind of just clicked and it it just kind of went rolling from from then ever since. But you know, it, it was fun. You know, you know, Royce was definitely a unique character. I had met you know someone from Jackson before. You know, his him and his family. Uh, it was definitely cool to be able to meet them and, and, and room with him for a year. Yeah, now Royce is a lot. So kind of what was that for you? Mentally, um, not attacking Royce, but being an only child, 
what was that like? How did it go? And now you're sharing a five by five. Because like I, I had like a siblings, but then I had my own room. It was like, what was the challenges of <laughs> being in a tight space with Royce? It's, it's different for sure. And, you know, you have to make adjustments and compromises to, you know, to make sure everyone is, uh, you know, satisfied. But uh, it, it was fun. You know, we, we Royce will tell you we had some some very interesting experiences last year being roommates. Uh, we definitely had some funny funny moments last year for sure. Now, you you find you belonging with your roommates at that click. How did you find your overall sense of belonging your freshman year last year? Honestly, the, the my thing was I just had to jump out and, and do stuff. Um, I didn't know anybody coming out here. I'm from the other side of the, the, the country. Mm. You know, you're not going to be able to have a fun college experience if you don't at least try stuff. So it was pretty, essentially just throwing myself out there, trying to network, meet people, you know, meet people within Black Mizzou, yeah. find journalism-related programs to, to get involved with. And, you know, just from there, I think I kind of was able to branch out more and find more people. And, yeah. 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 Black Mizzou, man, that's, that's what's keeping me here in Mizzou, really. Oh, well, I mean, of course, the money, too, but <laughs> right. still. But Black Mizzou, man, that just makes my college experience much more, like, fun. So, like, for you, what's your favorite Black Mizzou uh, memory? Man, one. <laughs> the Q Valley uh, party they had the other weekend was pretty fun. I had some fun out there for sure, definitely. What is Q Valley? Q Valley, uh, the Omega Sci-Fi or the Qs. All hail uh, to the bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but nah, they, they uh, throw parties all the time. and um, They threw a, a Halloween-themed party a couple weeks ago called Q Valley. How have you gotten involved in Black Mizzou? You're, you're part of MBMI, right? Talk a little I'm bit more about of, that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Mizzou Black Men's Initiative. That was the first one of the first things I did, uh, signed up for last summer, uh, my freshman year. And that kind of gave me my base of friends, you know, yeah. black male friends on campus. I think that's where I kind of started out. Royce did it as well. Yeah. Um, and I think from there, you know, meeting our... You know, TA, you know, and our mentors, and yeah. you know, they were just so, you know, willing to, to reach out and help us, and, you know, they introduced us to their friends and what yeah. they were doing on campus, and that's just kind of what helped us, all of us, really, yeah, um, kind of get familiar with, with the campus and, and, and Black Mizzou, um, and I think that's, you know, it's such a great program, and I'm, I'm a mentor now, um, and I'm still seeing, you know, how it's, it's, yeah. a, it's yeah, being a, being a mentor now, man, I mean, look at us. I mean, who would have thought? Like we're now, now we're yeah, now we're helping young black males, freshmen, like right, guide them how to be black on a predominantly white institution, man. So like that's that's huge, and and you're also involved in NABJ with me, man. Right, I'm I'm a part of the executive board of NABJ. So so like, what's your role on? Uh, I'm Sergeant Arms, so I I handle all the community service related events uh, for NABJ because all orgs on campus have to do community service uh, events. So, um, have you had any big uh, events socially? Uh, well, we had our our back to school drive earlier this year, mm-hmm. and um, how did that go? That that went really well. A lot of uh, kids seemed uh, students seemed to respond well to it. Um, we donated a lot of supplies to a local elementary school, Thomas Ben Elementary School. So that's pretty much been our, our biggest thing so far this semester. What has NABJ meant to you as a black journalist here at Mizzou? It was crucial. Um, like I said, back home, I'm, I'm familiar with some friends who are a part of uh, NABJ, the, the actual organization. And so yeah. I, when I found out they had a student chapter here, I yeah. knew I'd, I had to join it just because I wanted to find people within my major who also looked like yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and that, once, just like NBMI, helped me kind of build a little more comfortability and familiarity with, with the campus and the people around here. And more importantly, the journalism school. Yeah. Um, because Absolutely. If I didn't, I don't think if I had NABJ, I would have, you know, been able to be as successful as I was with my journalism classes and being in the J school. 
my freshman year just because they yeah. introduced us to a lot of stuff. And, and you know what's funny, um, Caleb? I remember Christian saying, hey, man, don't join NABJ. Yep. Uh-huh. Can, can uh-huh. we say why? I never once said not join NABJ. If you want to be on TV, do certain things, don't get so caught up in NABJ. Carve out time to get involved in TV station because that right. door is a lot harder to get involved with Absolutely. compared to what you do at ABJ because if you put on your, your resume to do something at NBJ, that's super dope. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities, especially with working with Dr. Kelly, that he'll get stuff done for you. But at the end of the day, when they come and talk to you, they'll be like, hey, what's your real? Or like, what what, do you, what did you write? You know what I'm saying? So I mean, but stop the cap. I never said <laughs> don't do NBJ. I never said that. But you know what? It's, it's really just the balance. And it's, it's just knowing... Um, your strengths and your weaknesses, and knowing your schedule and being able to balance things. You know, I know people who can who do it. They they're at the TV station or they're at the newspaper at the Missourian, um, and they're a part of exec and they're just you know involved in so much different stuff on campus. So you know, if that's you, I say go for it. But if you know you can't be involved because both NABJ executive uh, board and working at KOMU, it's it's taxing, and it, it takes a lot of time out of your, your schedule. So, you know, if you know you can do it, I say go for it, but you just have to know your strengths. Uh, now, Kayla, we know you had an internship with say Today this past summer. You know, how was that? Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, I was I was back home. Uh, I was in office. I was at remote sometimes, um, and I got to... And that remote life is cool. You don't got to do nothing that day. Man. <laughs> Man, I hop on the, on the teams, do my little, my little daily call. I do an article or two, and I'm done for the day, man. That was fun. That was fun for sure, working from remote from home. Uh, I got to cover my Washington Nationals. That was cool. I got to uh, watch Venus Williams because they had there was a tournament tournament in D.C., and I got to cover that, and, and that was fun as well. Got to cover, uh, you know, basketball news uh, that was breaking over the summer as well. Too. So you were, you were mostly just sports. I was mostly sports. Oh, that's cool to write articles over sports because I had to write articles over business, and that took a little oh, bit, man. took yeah. a little bit longer. Sports uh-huh. is like, yeah, yeah it's it's so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier. It, yeah, not that you don't like it. It's just it's easy. sports is more. Na- I would say sports we, more we, natural. We know more about it, so yeah. it's easy. It comes easier for us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then talking about you today, what was some of the biggest things that you learned? Because you you said today is probably one of the top like. Publications that is known worldwide. You know what was that type? Of, what experience did you gain that you're trying to carry back your next couple of years here at Mizzou? Uh, first, I think it's just mindset, really. Um, that was the first time I ever got to work in a, a professional newsroom. Obviously, I got to work at KMU here and at the Missourian, but being at uh, such a big yeah, uh, you, US, national, yeah, you know, there's a big so, difference between KM, yeah. KOMU, KOMU, and USA Today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely was. That newsroom was a lot different. It wasn't intimidating, but it definitely was different for me. Um, and I think it just changed the way I, I want to do things and, and how I want to approach journalism. What were some of the things that you that you wanted to change? I think just it made me want to be more in the the newsroom more often because just being able to talk with some of these people who like they do this for a living and they're sharing their experiences and we're just sometimes we're just talking about sports or anything you know we're just having conversations and you know just you know it's just made me really feel more confirmed and like okay this is really what I want to do this is where I want to go for sure um and uh I think also it it also taught me a little bit more about how I, I should approach my writing um, as well, uh, getting to work with some of those editors, they they were able to tweak some things and show me some things um, to make my writing a little more persuasive and a lot more interesting. So definitely storytelling, storytelling is the backbone of journalism. So absolutely, that's good as you ever get the experience. Now is uh, USA Today somewhere somewhere that you want to work at moving forward? Because you had your foot in the door in high school, right? Then you intern after your freshman year, 
Is this kind of like a working relationship for the next? I next? mean, if they keep calling, I'm gonna keep responding. So, or maybe you know. need to, maybe you need to keep calling. <laughs> man, 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 man. You know, uh, but absolutely. I, if if given opportunity, I would want to work with USA Today again. I'm you know right now it's inter- internship season, so I'm just kind of throwing my hat around. You know, throwing out applications at different places. But if if that's where I end up, I wouldn't be mad at all for sure. So like you were talking a little bit more about your writing, and you were focusing more on your writing at USA Today. So in sports journalism, are you? Like switching, do you want to switch from broadcast? Do you still want to be on television? Well, no, I, I, I think even though you are correct, the way you write for print stylistically is different from how you write, write for broadcast or radio. Yeah, I, I feel like I can take some of those, uh, you know, attributes and, and apply it to broadcast. You most definitely would take it. Like, if you can write for you, you say today, how you write for a script TV is it definitely correlates 100%. Like, it 100%. definitely correlates. Like, it's it's harder to write a Three or four or five hundred dollar game recap versus if I'm writing the thirty second like VO because it's like Man. five sentences. Bro, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, it's really more technicality that you have to worry about with trying to that transition. But in terms of just like storytelling, like you said, and writing, it, it all it, it works over. Yeah. It all correlates yeah. for sure. Well, um, earlier I was talking about you being uh, you recording film for the Mizzou football team. So, um, like, how what, what is your Specific role. I, I want to make sure I get it right. Are you like on the practice squad? Are you like the dude with the shoulder pads and helmet? No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. I'm not doing no scout team. That's no. for sure. Uh, but I, I record practice. Well, I see Royce out there a couple times thinking he, <laughs> he to the number 81 out there, oh, get it lighted, oh. lighted and blitzed up. Come on, a one. Come on, a one. Want to be Terrell Owens? That's why he broke his femur. He wouldn't go out there with the oh. big boys out there talking all that and got his femur busted up. Want to be Terrell Owens out there? Yeah, okay. I, I know who put them pads on, Mr. Owens. But nah, um, I, I just uh, record practices and and games. Um, for the for the team, so that when they go back and they need to review, you know, game film, you know, they have it. So, so you're pretty good with the camera. Like, it's not like shaky. Like, what was your? Do you have like a certain like uh, strategy or a certain way you do things? I mean, it's really simple. Um, once you set up, because I mean, there's two steps types of cameras. You know, there's like the ones that you see on TV that the yeah. broadcast ones they use, and then there's also ones like the polls, yeah. the practices where it's a lot more mobile and you can kind of like get closer shots of of people. Um, and it, it's not really hard, you know. I mean, you get it, you do it a couple of times, and, and it just starts to, to come naturally. Um, but no, I, I am good with the camera though, for sure. Okay, so um, what what skills have you like learned from like working with the um, football team, working with the camera, and recording their uh, practices? I think being that up close and personal with the football team, um, it just showed me a lot more inside of like what kind of goes behind, yeah. you know, what what they have to do. Uh, as student athletes and um, as as coaches at the college, you know, collegiate level, um, that was definitely something. Because you, I mean, you're really working with these people. Like you're talking with these people on a daily basis with coaches, talking with coaches, talking with with um, athletes. And I think I can apply that to journalism as well. Yeah. Because as a sports journalist, I've had to interview these types of people, and so you know, building relationships with these types of people and understanding that they're humans. Yeah. And I think that that's the one of the biggest problems within sports journalism is that they're kind of write and, and report on these people as if they aren't people. Yeah, like that. Yeah, they take um, that human aspect and, and they take the human aspect out of it, yeah. you know, and, and it, it, it kind of hurts the, the players and their reputation, you know, as a whole, um, which is dangerous. Um, so yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoy, you know, just being able to just hang out with these guys and, and talk with them on a daily basis. And, um, you know, my, 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 my coworkers and my boss, Caleb, shout out Caleb Wood, you know, they're, they're all great people. So I've learned a lot from them, definitely. 
So you get to talk to and meet some of the uh, football players? Definitely. But, uh, hey, man, uh, so how good on a scale of 1 to 10 would you say you are, like, working with the football team? Because, I mean, you could probably – you can go professional with this, man. You could record – NFL teams, practice squad. Yeah, no, this there's definitely a career out of this. Um, and I think that was something I didn't even realize that there was kind of this aspect of sports that I I never really you know understood. But this is a career out of this, and you know there's some cool people. You know, yeah, you get to work, you know, interact well, people with people. Sure. Yeah, it's funny how we we forget that something that we see is a career with it. Like you had to have exactly. to record it. Exactly. But you've been involved uh, with NBJ and BMI. Uh, we know what your experience already with USA Today at at freaking what fifteen years old, <laughs> um, and countless other things you do here outside of Mizzou. Uh, what advice would you give to um, younger freshmen, people that are looking to you know even maybe pr- potentially uh, prospective students of color coming to Mizzou? Uh, well, I think the biggest advice you know you might be concerned about is racism. I think that's the biggest thing as a, a black student where a lot of people worry about coming to Mizzou. What, definitely one of the biggest fears. Right. And and I'm not going to fake it. Any PWI you go to, it's going to be there. You know, it's not exclusive to Mizzou or the Midwest. It, it's everywhere. Um, so you have to be prepared to, you know, face the, those things if you're going to go to a predominantly white school and you're not going to go to a, you know, HBCU. Um how do you overcome? How do you overcome that? How do you find your way? You, you just gotta, you just gotta find your people. I mean, there's plenty of great people out here. There's plenty of people who look like me out here. You know that I was able to just like the, as soon as I stepped foot on campus, they were reaching out to me, tell me come out and do this, try and do that. And that's you dope. Know? So, so just you know, extend a hand and, and go back and reach out with them. You know, and, and do stuff. And that's the other thing I would say to freshmen is just, just do stuff, try things. You know, it, it can't really, you can't hurt you like at all. Like, this is, like, the phase in your life where, like, you can do things and it's not going to, like, have a huge effect on your, like, your your life years down the road. So just try stuff. You don't like it. You don't got to like it. But, you know, at least you know now that it's not for you. So just just do stuff. Yeah. Say. That's a heck of an answer. I love that. Um, and kind of we talk about, again, the things that you've been involved with. Because um, you, cause you today is kind of like a print journalism type of thing. Right. You do video editing. You have experience doing the broadcast stuff. What is your dream career if so far? And it might change in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it, if it you had to say great. right now, what would you want to do right now? Right now, I would like to be a, a broadcast reporter for the NFL. You know, covering a team or the NFL in general, that's what I would, would want to do. That's awesome. And where do you see yourself in the next five years? Five years, I'm going to be 24. I imagine I'm, I've graduated Mizzou. I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, now, Royce, we don't know. He's on a... <laughs> Let me defend myself because Chris, you might got another year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just applied for graduation, they accepted it, so I think it's about to come to an end. It's over, it's over, over. unfortunately. 24 graduate 2025, unless you're graduating early, then by all means, no, he said he'll be in five years, he'll be 24. Oh, okay, all that laughing and stuff, all that. No, he was no, it was no laughing going on when he said that. that I I think you just weren't listening. But yeah, I, I'll be 24. Um, potentially, you know, I have I have a graduate degree. If not, I'll just be working, you know, do, working on you know in somewhere. Maybe have a know. wife like Royce. So, <laughs> man, man, I'm trying to get like Royce. Man. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll, be, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be seeing Royce. I'm like God, Lee. Yeah. I'm trying to be like you, boy. Yeah, yeah. But baby, bye, Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Caleb, are you in Columbia, DC? Where are you? In, in when you're 24. Oh, location. Bro, I, I, he, yeah, location. I'm gonna interrupt. You won't know that, bro. You I won't. Mean, you won't know anywhere. that. You won't even have an idea that till even your senior year we start talking to companies. I, 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 I remember maybe anywhere in the country. 
I mean, I would. He don't know. That, as, a, as a city boy, I'd like to be in a big city covering something. But, you know, anywhere, really. Hey, but hey, Caleb, man, it was an honor to interview you today, man. Oh, well, Thank y'all no for question. having no, me. No, animal. What question? What animal? Yeah. What animal do you see yourself as? What animal I see myself as? Go ahead, answer that, Caleb. I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny a barracuda. I don't know. There we go. We, we don't even need to even go into that. But <laughs> Caleb, man, it was an honor to, to speak to you today, man. Yeah, it, it is an honor, man. This is USA Today, bro. Man, man. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a flash while you're still here. Well, I, Chris, 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 stay real. Chris, stay real. Man, it was good, though, man. I, I had a blast. Royce, how you feeling? Man, that was good. Uh, this was pretty fun, man. Have a conversation with my old buddy, uh, Caleb. Thank yeah. y'all for having me, man. It's fun to be here. Of course, of course. Well, that's going to do it for the first episode of Lowercase on Case Underground. Until next time, I'm Royce Griffin, and I'm Chris McDonald. Peace. <laughs>